Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Hey everybody, Pastor Justy from Rock Creek Family Church, hoping and uh, wishing that everybody is having a great Wednesday. Happy hump day, right? Uh, Friday is within sight, maybe not within reach, but it's coming and to kind of get us through maybe the next few days and to hopefully encourage and increase our faith. Here we have our Wednesday night Bible study or Wednesday evening Bible study. So I hope that you uh, enjoy this. I hope that everybody is doing well. Uh, Today, uh, we are going to talk about the armor of God. We have been talking about how to stand against spiritual bullies. Uh, how to stand in those spiritual attacks that do come our way, whether we want them to come or not. Uh, Sometimes they're inevitable. Uh, I mean, look at the world that we live in now. There's lots of things that we wish were not taking place, but guess what? They are. But we give God praise because he did not leave us unequipped or ill-equipped to handle the spiritual warfare that we are in. So today we are going to talk about the armor of God. Uh, If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Get your Bible or Bible app out or whatever. Get your notepad, your pen, your highlighter, your paper, whatever you got to get. Get it all ready to go because I'm excited about what God is going to teach us tonight in his word. Let's first go to the Lord in prayer and let's just ask his grace, his will, his way, his word to, to be in our life and in our heart alive fully alive so that we can grow closer to him and understand him better. Father God, we love you and we thank you. You are so good to us. We thank you for your mercy and your grace that covers us. And Lord, it's it's new every single morning, knowing God that uh, you're going to be with us and cover us and walk with us every day, fresh and new. And I thank you for that invitation to such a great relationship with you. Pray, Father, that I not take that for granted, that we would not take that for granted, but that we would take this opportunity in your grace and your mercy that you have afforded by your riches and glory to give to us a word that could change our life and change our perspective, change the way that we think. Father God, we love you and we thank you. And we ask, Lord God, that you have your way in this word this evening. Have your way in our ears, in our minds, in our hearts, that we would receive exactly what it is that you want us to hear. Father, I pray that you would increase our faith. Faith comes by hearing hearing the word of God. So increase our faith tonight. I do pray for those that are sick, those that are not feeling well, those that are uh, discouraged, those that are afraid or anxious. God, I just prayed today that you would speak truth into us, speak a greater revelation to us that you are still in control and that you can heal, you can save, you can redeem, and you can strengthen and encourage everyone who needs you. Touch those, Lord God. Touch us all. God, we need you. We need you, Father. We pray this in the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, and 
in all of these things, we give you glory. And we all said, amen, amen. Again, good to have everybody that has joined us online or will join us online. Uh, I know that some people uh, get this later through the evening or through even the rest of the week. I don't care. Just get it, right? Get it in your spirit. Get it in your heart. Get the Word of God as much as you possibly can down inside of your soul, right? Uh, sounds like a gospel song or something, but don't worry. I'm not going to. I'm not going to sing. That's not my calling. Uh, my calling is to teach. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, we have been dis uh, again discussing how to stand, and we've been using the acronym S T A N D. Right? S stood for standing in your identity in Christ and how important that is. That when you are in spiritual warfare, when you're in a spiritual battle. You got to know your identity. We'll scratch the surface of that a little bit more in this Bible study because it goes with the armor of God as well. But I hope you got something out of that, that, that study we did a few weeks ago. Uh, last week we talked about the T, right? S-T. T standing for learning to trust and rely in God's power and God's ability and not just our own. Uh, the enemies try so hard to get us to believe that we're not enough and that we don't have what it takes to make it. Well, in our flesh and in our own, maybe we don't. But here's the great news. We're not just in our own self and in our own power. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of, of us, living inside of you. And guess what? The scripture says that that Holy Spirit is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. So if the enemy couldn't keep Christ in the grave due to the power of the Holy Spirit, then the enemy cannot keep you down or hold you down either because you have the power of the Holy Spirit resurrecting you and quickening you and moving in you in such a way that he can't handle that either. And that's why he tries to get us, I think, to believe the opposite of that. But today we are going to talk about the armor of God. We're talking about the A, S-T-A, A standing for, of course, armor of God. We are going to visit and talk a little more about David and Goliath because that's kind of been our, our platform that we're going to use to to discuss this standing against a bully. And that's exactly kind of what David did. He stood against a very big, very loud, very ugly bully um, that was trying to, what well, we we're going to read, defy the armies of the living God. And how David stood and said, hey, enough is enough. I'm tired of you bullying God's people. Uh, I'm going to stand in the gap and I'm going to believe and trust that God has, has a plan through this. And not only does God have a plan through this, God has an action through this. And I'm going to be part of that action. Faith without works is dead, but faith with works is alive and active and it is powerful. So we're going to uh, start off with David and Goliath, old Davy and Goliath story again. Um, good old Sunday school story. But then we're also going to jump, of course, to the armor of God, which is found in the book of Ephesians. Many of you have read about the armor of God before, even maybe even studied it before. This is not an, uh, this is not a deep, deep study of the armor of God. We just don't have time to do that. We'll have a little more time uh, for those that are able to come out and be a part of the live uh, Bible study there 
tonight uh, or any Wednesday night, we can go a little bit deeper and do a little more Q&A. But for, for this purpose, we're going to just uh, kind of cover the basis. And I encourage you to do your own study a little bit more. Uh, go a little deeper. Dig a little bit more. Uh, if you need help with that, let me know. Hey, I love helping people uh, grow closer to the Lord in whatever way that I can. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump into First Samuel chapter 17. Uh, we're going to start reading verses 4 through 7, and then I'm going to jump down and read verse 45. We're not going to read the whole, whole story because obviously we've already basically read the whole story, but I just want to hit some high points, some highlights this evening. Uh, 1 Samuel 17, verses 4 through 7. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Now I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, so it still uses the cubits and spans and shekels and those kind of measurements. I'll try to interpret as best I can, or you may have that interpretation in your Bible. Basically, this is saying he was about 10 feet tall, maybe even a little bit shorter than that, but about 10 feet tall. Uh, pretty big dude, especially considering what we think. Most scholars believe that the average height of a man back in that day was somewhere between 5'5 five five and 5'7. Five uh, David, most likely, especially at this age of being 15, 16, 17, somewhere around there, was most likely about that. So 5'5 five five to 10 feet, that's quite a bit of a difference. Um, so here we are, this, this Goliath standing literally heads and shoulders and even abs above uh, David. And he had a helmet of bronze on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail that weighed, and the weight of that coat was about 5,000 shekels of bronze. Somewhere, I've read two, I've read many different versions of this, but I've, I've read everything from 125 to 150 pounds of, of armor that he had just on his, on that coat of mail there. Uh, he, and he had a bronze armor, he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, somewhere around 12 feet, at least 12 to 16 feet long was this weaver's beam. And the head or the spearhead on that weaver's beam was around 20 pounds. I've read, read anything from 15 to 20 pounds, 15 to 20 pound spearhead on the end of a 12 to 16 foot spear standing at 10 feet tall, weighing or having a coat of mail that by itself weighs almost 150 pounds. And then to top it all off, he had a, someone who professionally carried his shield out in front of him. Then he was loaded to the hilt with all of these, these weapons of mass destruction, if you will. This armor, these weapons, the sword, the spear, the chainmail, the helmet, the, the legs were, were covered in bronze. And then had, of course, then that armor bearer or a shield bearer go in front of him with, that's all he did was, was protect him with the shield. All right. So basically this is taking about four verses to describe all of the armor that, that Goliath had, all of the weight, all of the size, the size that he was, the, the four 
four verses to describe and give us a really big picture of what David was facing. And I, I, I'm paying attention to that on purpose, and I'm drawing out the, the attention to that on purpose. Four verses about the, the, the armor of Goliath. Um, basically, it's telling me that this was a really big deal especially considering that some little ruddy teenage boy by the name of David was about to go up against him. Uh, he was also a, a champion. It says a couple of times, especially once we read here, that he was a champion, which means this is not his first rodeo. He's been there. He's done that. He's got the scars to prove that. He's gnarly. He's big. He's nasty. And he's willing to take on anybody. In fact, uh, four other times in, in this story, it says that he is trying to defy the armies of the living God. And that word defy actually means to defame by exposing. You can go to verse 10, verse 26, verse 36, and verse 45, and all of them describe how Goliath is trying to defy or defame the armies of the living God. And again, the original language in the Hebrew there is koraf, and it means to defame by exposing. And what it really means is he's calling them out, and he's testing them on purpose to say, hey, I'm a champion. Let's see who can handle this, who can handle me. Well, obviously, it had every boot in the encampment of Israel shaking. It had every one of them trying to scratch their head and see what was going to happen. And I would dare say some who were obviously men of faith because they were men of Israel. Maybe not everybody, but someone there had to have been praying, God, how do we handle this? What do we do with this? How do we move forward? How do we, how do we keep our identity knowing that we are being challenged by this champion with, with great armor and heavy armor and and great weapons and he's this tall and he's this big how do we handle this and you know what's crazy is sometimes the answer that we're looking for is not always exactly the way or how we're looking for it um, whoever it was that was praying God how do we handle this I wonder if they were expecting a little teenage boy with a slingshot to come in and handle this Either way, whether they expected it or they didn't, I kind of think that they did not. God showed up, and God showed up to you, someone who had just an ounce more faith than fear and decided to put to test the promises of the living God. And I say put to test because David himself had just been anointed king over Israel. Now, while it was, yes, going to be a few years until he got there, he knew that God's word was true because he knew the character of the one who spoke the word. And so as he knew his word was true, he knew that no matter how tall this mountain was, it would not get in the way of what God had promised. And any mountain that would get in the way of what God had promised, God had the ability to move that mountain out of the way. When I think about that, I think about the, real quickly, the story of Jesus healing the paralytic in the Gospels. 
And it's the story where the, the house was so crowded. In fact, some say it was Peter's house. Some say it was maybe uh, a, Jesus, a relative of Jesus. It was, it was their house. But either way, Jesus was ministering, teaching. The house was packed. And even some of the religious leaders were there. Some of the scribes, some of the Pharisees, they were there trying to see what Jesus was doing, what the hubbub was all about. And as the, the house was packing, there was obviously a, a man who was a paralytic and had four friends who needed a touch. And we know the rest of the story. They, they crawled up to the roof, removed the, some of the roof tiles, lowered their friend down. Jesus said, wow, what great faith. He says, first of all, your sins are forgiven. Then there's a little grumbling with the scribes and the Pharisees. And he turns to them knowing what was, what was in their heart and, and basically says, hey, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk. And so to prove that he was Christ, he turned to the paralytic and said, and then, you know, rise up and walk. You're, you're healed. You're not only forgiven, you're healed. Well, the, the moral of the story is not only the fact that Jesus could do miraculously uh, the, the, the physical touch, but he could also miraculously do the spiritual touch. So the big moral of the story is simply this. Don't limit God. Don't limit God. Don't put any limitations on God. Uh, Jesus is saying, don't put any limitations on me. Take the roof off. Let your faith take the roof off of the limitations that, uh, of, of what you believe I can do for you because he can do so much greater and so much better than we could ever imagine. So here we are. David shows up after the four verses of describing Goliath's armor. Let's move down to 1 Samuel 17, 45, and let's talk about, G, uh, let's talk about David's armor. Oh. Um, verse 45, 1 Samuel 17, 45 says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You've called it out. Now God's calling you out. He sent me here to take the limitation off of God, to show people what just a little bit of faith can do, what believing in God can do. I'm here. And, and the crazy thing is, is it took four verses to describe Goliath's armor, and it took about half of a verse to describe David's armor. In fact, you could say four and a half verses to describe Goliath and half of a verse to describe David's. But what the Goliath couldn't see was that there was more to David than David. And Goliath couldn't see the supernatural armor while everybody else was hung up on the natural armor and what it looked like in the physical, David was hanging his faith on the supernatural armor that God had given him. That's actually part of the point of why he could not go out in Saul's armor. If you remember the story, Saul tried to give him his armor and say, at least go out with that. And David said, that's not been tested. It doesn't fit. It's not going to work. Let me go out with the armor that has been tested. And that is the armor that was tested with the lion and the bear. It's called the armor of faith. It's called the armor that, that God is, is covering me. 
You know, when, when David was anointed, that was a covering. The oil covered him and it flowed over him. And he understood something. He understood the difference of being with armor or being in armor. Uh, that's what he says to Goliath. He says, hey, you come to me with these things. You come to me holding these things and carrying these things, but I come to you in something much greater. I come to you in something much more supernatural. I co you come to me with, I come to you in. And the enemy loves to say, he, accusations and frustrations and anxieties and fears and doubts, and the enemy loves to come to you with those things, but God is telling you to learn how to face the enemy in something, and that something is the armor of God, that something is the identity of God, that something is the grace of God, the mercy of God. You don't face the enemy with grace. You face the enemy in grace. You're surrounded. You're covered by his grace. Praise the Lord. How awesome is that? The enemy comes to you with accusations. When you come to the enemy, you face the enemy in mercy. The enemy comes to you with fear and doubts and, and regrets and, and anxieties, but you face the enemy in power, in strength, in courage. You come to him in the presence of God. That's the whole point of the armor of God we're going to read about later. The armor was something that we are to put on. It's something to cover us. It's something to equip us. And we are to be in that covering and in that equipment. We are to be in those weapons, if you will, of, of God, that armor of God. David understood. David understood the difference in being with and being in. You know, Goliath, he had a sword, but he could have he could lost his sword in battle. Goliath had had a had a shield that that shield could have been lost in battle. Goliath had a javelin and a spear, but those things could have been lost in battle if the if Goliath would just but lose his grip, it could be lost. But David could never be lost because well, his reliance was not on his own grip, but on the grip of God. The grip of grace, the hand of Almighty God that was upon him. And we read much later in the New Testament, Jesus gives us a promise that if you are in the hand of God, nothing, no man can pluck you out of that hand. No enemy, no devil, no hell itself can pluck you out of the hand of God. You are his. He, You are in him. I praise the Lord for that. As Goliath was trying to defy God through and, and the armies of God through these natural weapons, David steps up in a supernatural armor. We also have a supernatural armor. And so let's read about that supernatural armor. We find that in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. We're going to read about that supernatural armor. Um, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood 
but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day. And having done all to stand, stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And you activate these things by verse 18, saying, Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. As if he's also reminding us, we're not in this battle alone. You're, you may be in a battle, but guess what? I'm praying for you, and I'm in this battle with you. I may be in a battle, I may be in a struggle, but I'm not alone. There are people out there praying for me, and for that, thank you. I can certainly use all the prayers that I can get. Ephesians here is waking us up to a reality that says we are all in a warfare, whether we would want to be in it or not. You know, there was a time in my life I, I did try to get out of certain struggles. I tr did try to get away from certain struggles. I, I didn't like those struggles. I didn't like those challenges. It was it was not easy, um, even challenges of my faith. I, I didn't like that. I, I would even sometimes back down from that. I, I didn't like those kind of confrontations spiritually or faith-filled confrontations. I didn't like that. I didn't like to fight. Uh, in those regards. I didn't like the stress. I didn't like that. I tried to get out of all of that. But then I realized, you know what? If I can escape this struggle, I'm just going to find another one, maybe even later that day or the next day, or maybe a little later. I'm just going to end up getting into another one, and I can try to escape that one, and then I'm going to end up getting into another one, and pretty soon I'm going to end up getting into a struggle that uh, I can't get out of. So this is where my faith has to rise and I have to trust that God, you are going to allow me maybe to face this struggle, but you're going to also equip me to do so. We can't always get out of all of our struggles. We can't always uh, wish our, our, our fears away. Sometimes, like David, we have to run towards them. We have to face them. Hey, this world is a mess. That's pretty obvious right now. Well, you can't really escape that reality. You've got to face it. And the, the faster you face it, the faster you realize that it's time to, to bow up, it's time to stand up, and it's time to be the men and women that God has called us to be. The faster we do that, the better and the stronger you're going to be. And when it's all said and done, not only are you going to have a bigger faith and a stronger faith, but you're also going to have an incredible story and an incredible testimony to tell others that this is what God does when we take the limitation off of Him and we stand firm in our faith. It's inevitable. You're going to have some struggles. You're going to have some warfare. It is inevitable. You can try to duck, dodge, dive, and dip. You can try to do all of those. But you know what? Sometimes, sometimes it's inevitable. 
And God knows that. In fact, God even allows some of that to show us what he can do and to show you what you can do in him. And not just with him, but in him. In fact, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 says that the Apostle Paul is charged with making sure that the churches know that they're called to a higher form of warfare, just as David understood that. David understood that this is way, this is about way more than just the natural armor that, that he's facing. This is a higher form of warfare, that this was, this was about a champion of the enemy versus God himself saying that, that God's plan is going to go forward, whether it takes a slingshot or, or whatever it takes, we're going to throw what we've got at it, and we're going to trust that God can do what we cannot do. It's a higher form of what you know you're called to a higher form of living, and a high, that means you're called to a higher form of warfare. It quite frankly tells us that this warfare is not in flesh and blood, but is actually found in principalities and powers and heavenly places. It's above us. It's above us. But that also means that then we're called to rise up to that occasion. We're called to stand up. And it's a little bit of an oxymoron but we're, because we're called to do so through prayer. And it's kind of maybe God's way of saying, if you stand on your knees and you humble yourself before God and do what he's told you to do through obedience and through faith, then God will help you engage in that spiritual warfare and win that war at a higher level and not just a natural level. God calls us to that level because that is our proper place. Um, that's why it's so important that you worship. When you worship, um, it, it, it causes you to rise up to a higher level of existence and a higher level of living because that's what you're called to do. It's what you're called to be. You're called to be a worshiper. In here we see um, in the book of Ephesians, if you read the entire book, you'll actually see that throughout the whole book, Apostle Paul is encouraging a church in Ephesus that they're, while they are vital and they are growing and they're doing well, they are facing some major challenges. Major challenges in a, in a very high society, a very rich society, a very paganistic and, and polytheistic society. Um, they, they are facing challenges every single day, but Apostles Paul is basically trying to encourage them to say, listen, listen, I know you're facing challenges but God has equipped you to face those challenges. You, there's an old saying that says, God doesn't e uh, call the equipped, he equips the called. Oh, that's This is so true right here. This is so true, especially in this Bible study. God is equipping his saints for this warfare because he knows they're going to be in it anyways. Let's look briefly at these, these weapons of our warfare. Um... First of all, we have here the belt of truth. He says, uh, he says, start off, stand, and then take on that belt of truth. Take up the whole armor of God that you can withstand. And he says, stand therefore, fastening that belt of truth. Fasten it, pull it up, pull it together. The, they, they had in those days, a Roman soldier had a girdle that kind of held everything else 
in place. It also pulled everything together to strengthen the core. And that's kind of been a big deal here lately, especially in exercise programs, of which I probably don't do near enough. But the, the, there's a big deal on strengthening your core, your, your, your middle muscles, the, 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 the abs. I have one big ab, and I, I, you know, I wish I had a... I wish I had you know, some smaller abs, but basically I got one big ab, and, and and God is basically saying that that's where your truth is. It's the core. Your core is truth, and that truth is found in what Jesus says about you, what God says about you, the identity that you find in him. That's where you have to learn how to counteract the lies of the enemy, where Goliath is basically saying to David, I'm going to feed you to the dogs. And David counteracts that with truth by, base, by saying, listen, by the time this is all said and done, God is going to do something even greater than you ever could. And the whole entire encampment of your army will end up being God's uh, will end up being wiped out by God's power and God's plan. So you got to keep, you got to make sure that your core your the the center of who you are is based on truth jesus said it this way and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free i love how he says make you free and that actually means create freedom uh, it, it doesn't mean that you are already free it means that as you step out in faith you're going to actually be able to go and get the freedom that you're called to be in so the belt of truth, it ties everything else together, knowing the truth, knowing what God says about you. And I know sometimes that can be hard, especially in the heat of the moment. That's why it is so important to get as much of the word of God in you as possible. That's why it's so important to listen to Bible studies like this. It's so important to go to church when you can go to church. It's so important to, to, to listen to worship music. It is so important to read your Bible, love you the Word of God. It's so important to get that inside of you. Get it whatever way you can. If it's an audio Bible, if it's, on, if it's an app where you're going to listen to it, do it. Whatever you got to do, get the Word of God in your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get that truth. You've got to get that truth. That truth will counteract the lies of the enemy every single time. Uh, the next, he says, this breastplate of righteousness. The next equipment that God gives us is a breastplate of righteousness. It, it covers our vital organs. It covers our heart. This righteousness, this supernatural armor of righteousness is to cover our heart because that's where the enemy is going for the vitals. He's going to attack. He's not trying to wound you a little bit. The, the Bible doesn't say the enemy comes to make you aggravated. The Bible says the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He takes no prisoners. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't want you to be a prisoner of war. He wants you you dead because he is afraid of what God can do in you and through you to other people. He's afraid of what that uh, what what you can do in the power of the Holy Spirit, and he wants to come after your heart. He wants to attack that. He wants to attack your vitals. 
It is so vital to cover yourself in the righteousness of God, to protect your vital with that righteousness. The word righteous in this situation, righteousness, it means to have a right standing relationship with Jesus Christ. It means that you get to be right there with him, beside him. You get to be in his presence. You get to be covered by his presence. You get to be covered by his glory and covered by his grace and covered by his mercy. That's your rightful place. The enemy wants to take you out of that by making you feel uh, not worthy or or less than what Jesus is, is, is feeling and knowing about you. What can separate you from the love of Christ? What can separate you? Nothing, nothing. You take your rightful place in his righteousness. You're called to be righteous, not perfect. None of us are perfect. We all have our struggles. We all have our our weaknesses, but you're called to be in his righteousness. That's your rightful place. That's why David could stand up and say, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute, I'm coming to you in the name of and the authority of a very righteous God and you can't defy him any longer, Goliath. Next is the feet shod with peace. The feet shod with peace. Some say the, the scripture says a preparation of the gospel of peace or what I read to you in the English Standard Version basically says that it is a peace, a gospel of peace that's, that is always ready to go and take care of and go and do what needs to be done. And that is what our our, our, our feet are, are covered with. And Roman soldiers, they had not just uh, not just flip-flops or sandals. They actually had uh, they actually had gear on their feet that were that were designed in a way much like cleats are today. They had extra support around their ankles, and they also had had they had thicker soles and metal studs on the bottom, so that they would have security and mobility and stability to both stand their ground when a push was coming their way, but also the ability to dig in and push forward and move forward, even when the terrain was tough and rough, even when it was slippery and wet, even when I, when, when the, um, uh, the terrain was not ideal, they still had this ability to stand their ground. And you know, we're probably facing a not very ideal uh, of, of situation we're living in now. It's been a crazy, 2020 was crazy, and 2021 is not exactly looking a lot brighter as of now. But this is where we have to stand our ground. And the cool part is, is God is, is equipping you not to just stand your ground, not to just survive, but to move forward. Just as he told Joshua at the beginning of the promised land and going in to take the promised land in the book of Joshua chapter one, he tells Joshua, every place the sole of your foot treads, I'm going to give you. Move forward. That word tread means to step with purpose, to move forward. God's going to help you with that as you step forward, as you move forward, as you find your identity and your purpose in doing what God's called you to do and being who God's called you to be. He's going to give you that ground. Move forward. He's equipped you to do so. The shield of faith. 
The shield of faith is always to be before you so that it can confront the enemy. You are to confront the enemy. You are to face the enemy with your faith. It's a faith face. You face your enemy with your faith because the enemy knows if he can get that lie past all of that armor, if he can get you to believe that, he can get you to live that. If he can get you to believe the lie, that he can get you to live the lie. But we are to face it, not in our own ability, but in faith. Faith in who? Faith in what? Faith in God. As we already said that last week, faith in God's ability. Faith in God's uh, uh, re reliance on what God can do in our life and in our situation. Always keep your faith in front of you. Always keep your faith facing the right direction Always hold that up. Always hold, do whatever you have to do to hold your faith up. It does no good to drop your faith. It does, it does not anybody any good to lay your faith on the ground. Hold it. Hold it up and hold it in front. Make it a purpose. Make it, uh, make it a purpose. And last but not least, that helmet of salvation. And the helmet of salvation... Uh, of course, we're going to go into a little bit of the, 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 obviously, the sword of the Spirit. But as far as the armor goes, that, that sword, I mean, that, that helmet of salvation is very important. That you learn to cover your mind. Learn to cover your mind with that helmet of salvation. To get the mind of Christ. I wish so many times that I would face a circumstance not with my mind but with the mind of Christ. That would give me wisdom based not on the principles and the natural things that I see, but based on the principles and the supernatural things that I cannot see in my own natural eyes. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But that also doesn't mean it's not as powerful or as, it's, it's more powerful and it's more real than even the reality we face because scripture also tells us that everything that is seen, well, it was made by the unseen. So really, that's more powerful. The unseen is more powerful than the seen. You need to have the mind of Christ. You need to put that on your head. You need to make sure that you lean in and you go in head first thinking with the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God, applying his faith and his principles to your situation, believing and obeying simply in what he has in store for you. Then we go to, obviously, the, the sword of the Spirit and the Word of God and how those two things work together. And, and all of these armors overlap. And the sword of the Spirit is really the only offensive weapon we have. And that's why it's so important to learn to speak that out and declare that and decree God's will being done. Even in our times, it doesn't look so good. Even in our times, we're facing Goliath. That's when David steps up and says, no, 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 no. I'm declaring, I'm calling it out loud. Just as enemy, just as Goliath, you are yelling at us. I'm calling it back out loud to you. I want you to hear the word of God. I want you to hear what the spirit of God is saying. And the word of God, the spirit of God is saying that you're going to fall, not me. You're going to fall. Enemy, your time is limited. 
my time as a child of God, it's not limited. It may be limited on this earth, but I've got an entire eternity that it will be unlimited waiting for me. With the enemy, your time is limited. You have to learn how to use that word of God as an offensive weapon. Speak it out, sing it out, praise it out, declare it out, decree it out, speak it, believe it, and know that the enemy cannot stand. No matter how big he is, no matter how much armor he is, no matter how naturally nasty it looks, he cannot stand against the powers of God. Aren't you glad he's given you this armor? Aren't you glad he has equipped you with this? Oh, we praise God for this equipment. We praise God that he is with us to give us this strength and this stability, this peace that's always ready to come and give us what we need when we need it. This peace that passes all understanding, but this peace that, that holds our ground, this peace that can move forward and, and be a light to a dark, dark world. This is a good time for us to just, just rest in knowing that you are covered. Now, while Goliath may have had certain armor or certain weapons, you are covered. You are in the armor of God. Father God, we love you and we thank you. We praise you for who you are. We ask, Lord, your will would be done in our life. Help us, God, to be equipped, to put on this armor of God and not be afraid to stand. Stand strong and stand encouraged, knowing you didn't equip us for battle to watch us lose. You equipped us for battle to watch us move forward. You told us in your word that if you are for us, who can be against us? You told us that greater are you who is in us than he who is in the world. You, you promised that if, if we would step in faith, that you would move that mountain. So Father, I just pray today that all within the sound of this Bible study would be encouraged. Be encouraged to know that yes, we face maybe some dark situations and some dark times, but we do not face it ill-equipped or unequipped. We face it not just with armor, but in your armor. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. And if you love him, say amen. Amen. Good to have you. Thank you for joining with us. Thank you for being with us. We love you. We're praying for you. We hope to see you Sunday. Peace out. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.